Hello everyone and welcome to Slow Living Through the Seasons. We're into September now and though the garden is going strong and the days are still warm, the seasonal transition is palpable. As my grandmother used to say, the backbone of summer is broken. Here we are the day after Labor Day, which as long as I can remember has been the end of summer for all practical purposes. Camp is over, the pool is closed, the kids are back in school. It's no wonder that September has a certain wistfulness about it. It's goodbye to that sense of freedom that summer instills in our childhood hearts, if we're lucky. Meanwhile, the cultural fall has really kicked in. Halloween is everywhere. Everyone is thinking about sweater weather, despite the temperature, and the pumpkin spice latte at Starbucks returned in August. But as we all know, fall doesn't officially begin until the equinox this year on September 23rd. So despite the external pressures to call it quits on summer, try to hang on to these last few weeks, remembering that in February, you'll be longing for these warm golden days. When you're out and about and you see all the Halloween and, yes, even Christmas stuff, do you catch yourself feeling the stress of needing to get ready as in to buy things? Does it make you feel like you're going to fall behind if you don't or that you're not doing enough? Don't worry. It's not you. It's them surrounding you with all of this stuff so that you'll think you'll need it now. The solution to this could be as simple as a little bit of awareness and perhaps some self-talk. Remind yourself there's plenty of time to get ready for Halloween and Christmas, and if at all possible, see if you can consolidate your errands or order things online and limit the time out there being bombarded by all of it. In my own experience, living somewhat rurally and not being surrounded with it constantly, it really becomes increasingly absurd and this makes it easier to resist. So speaking of the pumpkin spice latte, we know it's literally capitalizing on our senses to make us want to buy the flavors of the season. Don't get me wrong, I love the pumpkin spice combination as much as anyone, but in talking about slow living through the seasons, I'm here to tell you how easy it is to satisfy these sensory cravings this time of year without depending on Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or any of those other big coffee companies to do it for you. This week in the show notes, we're going to link you to a simple recipe for making your own pumpkin spice beverage at home. But as an exercise in slow living through the seasons, I'd like to challenge you to wait until autumn actually arrives so that you can savor the wonderful fall flavors and aromas in their time. Just give it a try and see how much more satisfying that might be than on a hot day in August. Now, on to this month's lesson in planting by the signs of the moon. Before we get into it too much, though, I want to touch on a couple of important things. First of all, some of you might be wondering, what is this? Although we refer to this method as a long-practiced tradition, and some skeptics might refer to it as merely folk ritual or even superstition, there is some basic science behind it. 
We know that the moon's gravitational pull affects the tides, so it follows that it also affects the water that's in the ground. Remember last month how we learned to plant above-ground crops in the waxing moon? As the moon is waxing from new to full, the moisture levels in the soil are increasing. So it makes sense that if you've planted seeds for above-ground crops, they'll be well hydrated and will swell as the moonlight grows, and they'll be coaxed upwards towards germination. Conversely, as the moonlight recedes in the waning period, the water recedes as well, helping root crops establish themselves deep in the ground without the excessive moisture that could cause rotting. Speaking of science, I need to make an important distinction here between two different kinds of moon calendars. Planting by the signs follows the astrological calendar, which is slightly different from the astronomical calendar. So what's the difference? Well, the astrological moon calendar treats the 12 zodiac constellations as equal in length, while in the science of astronomy, they are, in fact, not exactly the same length. So the two calendars are not perfectly in sync. Depending on which resource or almanac you're using as a guide, you'll need to confirm which one it's referring to. For instance, in the farmer's almanac, the monthly calendar reflects the astronomical position of the moon. But it also provides the astrological information on a separate page. Page 117 in the 2023 edition, to be exact. For easy reference, we provide a monthly downloadable printable planting by the signs of the moon calendar inside our Good Dirt Supporter membership as a quick day-by-day -day guide. If you're not a member yet, but you're interested in becoming one, go to the link in the show notes to learn more. So the lesson for today, if you will, is to go over which of the zodiac signs are fruitful and which are barren. The fruitful signs, good for planting, in order of their effectiveness are Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces, Taurus, Capricorn, and Libra. All of those are feminine signs, except for Libra. The barren signs, good for weeding, destroying unwanted growth, cultivating the soil, and general cleanup, again, in order of their effectiveness, are Leo, Gemini, Virgo, Aquarius, Sagittarius, and Aries. They are all masculine signs, except for Virgo. Each of these signs has a symbol, such as Leo the lion, etc. A rulership or body part associated with it, and an element. We'll go over those next time, and then after that, we'll be able to begin putting it all together in an understanding of how they each apply to gardening. These are just the basics as a starting point. But there are, of course, variables and exceptions within all of these. But as with everything, you've got to know the rules in order to break them. So that's where we are at this point. More nuance to come. So here are some guidelines for this month. First of all, it's getting late in the season. So know the average first frost date for your growing zone and the days to maturity information for the specific crops you want to put in, and count backwards to determine what you have time to plant. Add a few more days to that number because seeds will be growing slightly slower as the daylight diminishes. And keep in mind that lots of these cooler weather crops, such as spinach, chard, beets, carrots, leeks, turnips, and collard greens, 
for instance, can withstand some frost. So since we had that blue moon at the end of August, we're in the waning moon now, the third quarter. The last quarter will begin tomorrow and the new moon is on September 14th. If you're in a zone where it isn't too late to plant, you can be putting in root crops on the 8th and 9th in Cancer. Then in the waxing period, you can plant above ground crops on the 16th and 17th in Libra. This is good for flowers, not the best for fruits and vegetables. And the 18th and 19th in Scorpio, the 23rd and 24th in Capricorn, and the 27th and 28th in Pisces. I'll also introduce here the fact that planting by the signs includes guidance for harvesting, pruning, and weeding. And I've included some of those days on the printable calendar that's available through the Good Dirt membership. Again, you can find a link to a recap of this in the show notes. And if you aren't already a Good Dirt supporter, you can sign up at any time and get that calendar every month. All right, moving on. I want to put a little plug in for slow fashion. Sweater weather is coming, and don't we all love it? As the air gets crisp and the temps go down, it's wonderful to wrap up and feel all warm and cozy. All the marketers out there know it too. And just like with the pumpkin spice latte, they're counting on you to buy their stuff to have that seasonal experience. So here's just a little public service announcement that might help you slow down and resist some of those impulses that lead to unnecessary or less than ideal purchases. Before succumbing to the call to buy that new sweater, just take a few seconds to go through this quick checklist in your mind. First of all, look at what you already have and ask yourself if you really need to buy something else. Secondly, consider buying thrift, of course, instead of something new. Remember, there are already more than enough clothes on the planet, and the only way to slow down the runaway production of new apparel is for consumers to slow down their purchasing. And thirdly, consider the fabric content carefully. Natural fibers such as organic cotton, 100% wool, hemp, silk, alpaca, etc. are so much better for the planet and for you. When it comes to synthetic fabrics and blends, ask yourself if you really want to be wrapping yourself in plastic or contributing to microplastic pollution every time you do laundry. Remember that natural fibers can eventually be returned to the earth, but synthetic fibers will be with us forever. Now, for our look into the seasonal kitchen, August had me elbow deep in tomatoes and peaches, lots of sauces, salsa, and pie. <laughs> now it's apples and persimmons, beans, squash, and peppers. We've really got the red peppers pouring in, which brings me to a personal favorite that I want to share with you today, pimento cheese. I call it pimento cheese, even though I make it with fresh red bell peppers, which are technically not pimentos. But I actually did get some fresh pimentos at my CSA last week. But anyway, you can use both or any sweet red pepper works well. This is so yummy and wonderful to have around for a dip on crackers or an apple or, of course, a sandwich. Make it grilled for an irresistible version of the classic grilled cheese and add a tomato on it to take the whole thing beyond delicious. And then when the weather gets chilly, have it with tomato soup. I'm practically drooling here just 
thinking about it. And I just have to mention here that my 98-year-old dad has always loved pimento cheese. So when I make this, I think of him. And I remember his delight in it over the years. Isn't that the way it is with good food and the way it should be? Okay, that's about it for today. Remember that it's still summer until September 23rd. And we love summer, so we want to enjoy all of it while it's still here. The warm, barefoot days, the golden light, the late sunsets. And if you can wait for that first pumpkin spice latte, won't it be all the more delicious in season? We love hearing from you guys. You're always welcome to email us at thegooddirtpodcast at gmail.com or call our voicemail at 443-459-1950. I'll leave you with this wonderful poem by John Updike, which I think I read on The Good Dirt last year, but it's so perfect. I think it's worth sharing again. It's called September. The breezes taste of apple peel. The air is full of smells to feel. Ripe fruit, old footballs, burning brush, new books, erasers, chalk, and such. The bee his hive well honeyed hum, and mother cuts chrysanthemums. Like plates washed clean with suds, the days are polished with a morning haze. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'll be back in October. 